This is Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho, featuring inspirational and fascinating personal stories of people from all corners of the globe who are now in St. Louis. We'll take a look at the U.S. through newcomers' eyes, get some insight into world history and cultures, and maybe learn something about ourselves. Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL. Hey, welcome back to Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL. Tonight I'm joined by Andreas Birkedal yep. from, did I say that right? Yeah. Norway. Yep. We have a Norwegian guest today. And let's, let's, we usually set the scene by kind of describing where Norway is geographically on, geographically on the map because a lot of people might not be familiar with location. So what, what countries does Norway border and where would you find it? On? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, and, uh, Norway is all the way up north in in Europe. Uh, so, you know, to the west we have England, uh, just about an hour of flight uh, from from Norway, uh, and then uh, in the south you have Denmark, you know, across the water, and then we have a long border with Sweden, yeah, uh, going almost the whole entire length of the country, mm-hmm. uh, and then all the way up north we kind of touch a little bit with Finland uh, and with Russia. Yeah, with Russia too. Yeah, just okay. just briefly, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right, interesting. And I, I like history. I don't know if you do. I like to talk about history a little bit at first with, with the guests. And um, you know, I understand that it's. First of all, I found that you you have a royal family that's been in place since eight seventy two A.D. The same. Yes, uh, and it's been a, a sort of a messy history. So it's oh. not the the same line uh, of kings, but it, it did start sort of in. The, 872, uh, kind of going from these smaller Viking tribes, yeah. uh, and especially in sort of where, where Oslo is now, there's a sort of bay area uh, in Norwegian, that's Vik, you get Viking uh, from that. Uh, and the story goes that, uh, so Harold Fairhair was the first king of Norway, uh, and he fell in love with a girl on the other side of the country in Sung, kind of closer to Bergen, uh, and there was a trade route going across uh, and she wasn't interested in marrying a small king. Mm. Uh, so he swore that he would not cut his hair until he had captured all of Norway then. Uh, and so he uh, he went to war. And the final battle was actually in my hometown, uh, in Stavanger, mm. uh, in an area called Hafosfjord, uh, which is a mouthful even for Norwegians. Uh, and uh, the final battle was there around 872. Mm. That's when he kind of became king of this... Uh, Entire region. There's still a lot of Norway that wasn't included in that uh, further further north, but that was kind of the first time that there was uh, so a king ruling over a larger okay. territory. Uh, and then after that, uh, a lot of things happened. Yeah, uh, we've been very involved with you know Denmark uh, uh, and Sweden. Yeah, uh, uh, a little bit after Harold Fairhair, you had Knut Bluetooth, who was king of Denmark, uh, who also became. Uh, King of Norway, uh, and we do get the the Bluetooth uh, from from his his name. Really, uh, so if if you notice, the icon is kind of like a rune, uh, uh, like a B. Oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah, and he apparently had like a a Bluetooth. That was dark his tooth. nickname. Yeah, like Harold Fairhair, and yeah, Bluetooth. it's too very common with all these Vikings to have uh, a very descriptive name. Uh, wow, like you have Magnus the Good, Eric Bloodaxe, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Christian the the Tyrant. Yeah. Uh, uh, very descriptive names that yeah. kind of summarize uh, some of the impact that they've had. 
did Harold finally cut his hair after he? I believe won? so. Uh, I think uh, Yita, uh, daughter of uh, Eric. I don't know if she she liked long hair or not, but but uh, they ended up together and uh, he reigned for quite a while. Okay, and then so today, that who is the pres- the king today? Is it also Harold? Uh, yes. And so this is like more or less the same dynasty, I guess. Yeah, uh, and you'll see the same names kind of mm-hmm. uh, coming back, like Harold and ha- uh, Hakon. Uh, and sometimes Magnus uh, and Knut. Mm. I, I think maybe more with the Danish uh, yeah. kings, but uh, you see some of the same names coming again. Yeah. And you mentioned the Vikings. I, I guess it's probably actually pronounced Viking yeah. in Norwegian. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, we, people think about, we have our image of Vikings, but I'm or Vikings, but I'm sure they're not completely accurate. What, how, what is the, um, how do people feel in Norway today about Vikings? Is it something they're proud of? Is it is it like a cowboy, cowboys in our yeah, past? maybe a little bit like that. Uh, it's not something that's very present in the culture right now, more as a sort of a legacy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, even in my hometown, uh, there is uh, they found some uh, old uh, you know, iron utensils mm-hmm. and equipment uh, kind of just up the hill from where I grew up, uh, and they found uh, a farm that was, was there, so they, they kind of rebuilt it. Mm. So we do have the, the history of it, uh, and and sometimes it shows up uh, in the culture, but but I wouldn't say that it's very dominant. Uh, and what what were the Vikings? Were they explorers, basically? Were they... Uh, they were a lot of things. Uh, they were explorer, uh, traders, uh, like they would do trades, uh, and then they would also go and uh, uh, go to war. They would be sometimes mercenaries. Uh, sometimes they would join someone to, to fight. Uh, and they also fought each other a lot uh, mm. because uh, there was a huge problem with with the way uh, you know the, the le- legitimate legitimacy to the throne yeah. uh, carried over from father to son. So uh, among Vikings, uh, any son that you had with any woman had a claim to the throne, uh, okay. and there'd be some conflict. So there would be some conflict, uh, and at the time in Europe, the, the church would try to stabilize things more uh, and uh, say that. It would be the the oldest son, who was uh, you know born from yeah. from the queen who is lawfully wedded, uh, but here you could have multiple uh, women uh, and and then multiple kids. So all you, all you would have to do is uh, kind of raise your hand and say, "I am the son of this and that king, yeah. uh, and I am going to fight for the throne." So at some point you had like five different tribes uh, all you know fighting each other to. Uh, and so the the royal family are they would they be Vikings too necessarily? Uh, the, the current. Well, oh. from the early days, I guess was it? Did they overlap or was it separate? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I I would say yes that they were uh, Vikings. Um, uh, but it, society kind of took more shape yeah. uh, over time, uh, and uh, you would have uh, especially kings from from Denmark early on that, that would take some territory in, in England. You had mm-hmm. the powerful who would both rule England uh, and, and Denmark and then also uh, take over Norway. Uh, and that's when St. Olaf uh, was also trying to to take over Norway. Uh, and uh, uh, so they, they got a clash. Actually, St. Olaf had fought with Knut the Powerful to, to take over England. Uh, and the nursery rhyme that we have uh, today of uh, London Bridge is falling down. Uh, that's been attributed to to uh, really? Olaf, Olaf really? the Holy, uh, and so some historians uh, 
discussed whether that was true, but some of the old writings uh, yeah. that kind of narrated that story, they, they kind of blend him. Well, I, I've read that the quote-unquote Viking Age might have started with the, with the invasion of Lindisfarne um, Monastery in England. Mm. Is that your understanding, too? Uh, I'm not that familiar with, with that, so I can't say, say that for, for sure. And you you said that the, the it's pronounced Viking in your language, and it comes from the word Vik. What what did you say that means again? Uh, bay. Okay, so that's where this word comes from. Yeah, bay. Interesting. Yeah. And would there have been Vikings also from Denmark and Sweden and other countries too? So it's not just a Norwegian thing. Yes, that's right. Interesting. Okay. Um, now, over different periods in history. Norway was um, in an alliance with, like an official alliance with Sweden and, and or Denmark and think maybe against their will in some areas. Um, what what makes Norway, Sweden, and Denmark different countries? Because yeah. we, we think of sometimes as Scandinavia, which is sort of like a very similar culture and language even, but... Yeah. What are the differences between these three countries? Yeah, I, that's really where the the church come in. Uh, because when when Harald Fairhair first became king, it was not of the territory that we think of today as as Norway. Yeah, uh, and that territory got defined uh, later on by a, by a bishop, uh, Breakspear, who was sent from Rome to assess whether the the Norwegians and and Swedes are Christian enough that mm-hmm. they could kind of create a, a church and province. There and uh, Breakspear came to Norway uh, and uh, kind of set up shop in in at that time Nidalos, which today is Trondheim, mm. uh, and that's where Saint Saint Olaf was buried. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was often attributed of bringing Christianity to to Norway, even though that's much more going on before that. Uh, but uh, uh, so he he looked at Norway and said, "Yeah, Norway is ready uh, to become a church province." And he kind of drew up the map that overlaps a lot with today's Norway. Uh, and the funniest thing happened, he uh, travels back to Rome to you know, give his report and recommendation. And just before he arrives in Rome, the Pope dies. Uh, and guess who's uh, elected Pope instead? That's Cardinal Breakspear. And the first thing he does is kind uh, ex- of uh, do the, this uh, recommendation that he prepared. Okay. And it just comes into full force. Uh, okay. And from that on, you see kind of the church uh, trying to to crown a king. There's some tension where uh, you know they crown someone who wasn't born by, by a king, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, long story short, eventually the uh, uh, the people that lay claim to the, the throne, uh, a grandson gets uh, united with the church and gets crowned, and from then on, uh, the church has always been uh, the one who who crowns the king. Mm-hmm. That that brought a lot of stability, but until then, uh, there had been a lot of uh, quarreling. Well, that was at that time. It was it was the Catholic Church. I mean, that was the Church. But yes. now, I think Norway is mostly Lutheran. Is that right? yes? That's correct. Uh, and that happened sort of through uh, the, the Kalmar Union that you were uh, talking about, where where Norway uh, and uh, Denmark and Sweden got kind of locked together, mm-hmm. uh, even though they were different like church provinces. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and that actually started uh, with with a, a queen who was in in Norway. Uh, it's kind of running some of the uh, the threads behind the scene uh, uh, because her Alice intrigue. Uh, uh, yeah, Margaret. Uh, she she was married to a Norwegian king. But he passed on, 
uh, and then their their son uh, was going to become become king eventually, but but he died at a pretty early mm-hmm. age. And then she brought like a, a German nephew on board, who uh, I think mysteriously died right before he was going to take uh, power. And then she brought another one. Uh, so that was kind of part of the the beginning of that. Uh, later on, uh, and getting into the 1500s, and you know, there's a guy in, Luth- uh, in, in Germany who you know, uh, gets some thesis on, on, on the church door, uh, Martin Luther. Yep. Uh, and there are uh, some influences on Denmark at that time, and uh, there's a conversation with Christian II, who will later become known as Christian the Tyrant. Uh, he was kind of debating whether to, to bring um, the, the Lutheran faith Denmark, but he declined, uh, and uh, uh, he was also seeking to be the legitimate king of uh, Sweden as well as Denmark and, and Norway, which is, he was. Uh, and the, the Swedes weren't so happy with him for a while, but eventually they they caved in uh, and were going to elect him king. Uh, and he had read Machiavelli uh, prior to that. Uh, I probably considered him an educated politician, uh, and he did something that uh, uh, has later become known as the, the bloodbath in Stockholm, uh, where he had all the clergy, all the um, noble people, uh, and they were celebrating for three days, and then on the fourth day, he shut the doors, uh, and uh, and it was, you know, a, a bloodbath. Oh. Uh, but, and that actually deposed him of king, eventually, of, of Denmark uh, and, and Norway. And then one of his relatives from Holstein became king uh, instead, and he brought with him the Lutheran faith. Uh, okay. And so he just re, uh, just instated that, uh, and actually most clergy just went along with it. I think there were three uh, three priests in Denmark who abdicated, uh, and then one in Norway, mm. uh, and the rest of them just kind of switched over, just like that. So, yeah. So it's it's a weird situation where the, the clergy suddenly became uh, Lutheran, uh, but most of the farmers were still Catholic at mm. the time, uh, and so there there have been. Uh, a lot of conflict because of that. Yeah. Uh, even up to the 1700s, I think really? that was the the last time uh, uh, a priest was was killed uh, because uh, they, they said he spoke uh, badly uh, of of the Virgin. No. So it uh, it w- would be common in, in some churches to have like an escape route in the back. Behind really? The Literally. So that if the if the priest spoke badly about something, then he could he, he could escape. Okay. Uh, we, get, we need to take our first break here, Andreas, um, so, and we'll be right back, and then we're going to talk more about your personal story of coming here. Um, you're listening to Stories of New Americans on 101.9, 94.1. Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Stories of New Americans Brought to you in part by Arnell's Hardwoods For all of your laminate and hardwood flooring needs Call them at 314-397-3252 Stories of New Americans Brought to you in part by the Indoor Comfort Team For all of your heating and cooling needs Call the Indoor Comfort Team at 314-230-9542 Det finns en klang i Malmö som säger allt ska bli till stök 
This is Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Welcome back. We're talking with Andreas Birkendahl, Birkendahl yep. from Norway. And um, I, I was curious, we talked a lot about how Norway has been in alliances and, and um, kingdoms, I guess, with Sweden and, Nor- and Denmark over the years. And I'm wondering how different linguistically and culturally these three countries are. Yeah, uh, we are quite similar uh, to each other, bo- both in language and culture. Uh, and uh, uh, we're close enough that we can understand each other, uh, but sometimes it can be hard. And we actually just switch over to English sometimes because that's easier and we can really make sure uh, that we communicate. Uh-huh. Sometimes we can even have the same words uh, and they can mean something completely different. Can you think of an example? Uh, yeah, I, I spoke with one Swede uh, who had just come to Norway uh, and there was some kind of uh, demonstration uh, in, in Norway that was kind of getting a little bit uh, rowdy uh, and the police was there uh, and he said, Hade Wuli, uh, and the word Wuli uh, in Norwegian means calm, uh, like calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Swedish, it's like have fun. Uh, so it was just like, what kind of crazy country is this with, where the police is asking these protesters to just have fun? <laughs> Go at it. Yeah. Interesting. So English is like the lingua franca among all of Yeah, we, we all uh, learn English in, uh, in school, mm-hmm. um, I think from about fourth grade. Okay. Hopefully. And then we'll have a, uh, at least in Norway, we'll, we'll have a third language uh, later on. Oh, uh, what, do you have a choice? Uh, yeah, usually it's uh, German uh, or French. Uh, I think sometimes Spanish, too, kind of depending on where you, where you go. Okay. Now tell us again where you were born in Norway. Uh, in Stavanger. Okay. So yeah. Norway kind of looks like a, an arm if you yeah. look at the the ba- backside of your hand. Yeah. Uh, so you have the hand and then it curves all the way up the arm uh, and then up to your shoulder. That's where kind of Russia and yeah. Finland are. Uh, and so I'm from uh, kind of southwest, uh, down by the Pinky, uh, if you can imagine that. Okay. Um, so I'm All right. on the coast there. And you grew up there? That's where I grew up. Okay. What's the, What was the climate like there? Was it? Uh, it's pretty uh, uh, even. Uh, it's usually between 40 and 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not as cold as you would think because we do get the, yeah. the Gulf Stream. Yeah. It kind of heats up uh, the coast, coast from, from Florida. Oh, yeah. We well, have this image of Norway as being frozen all the time i guess i guess in the north it can be oh yeah there it can get really cold yeah well what was talk about your childhood growing up there what was what was like as a kid in that town school and hobbies and sure uh yeah thinking back on it i i had a lot of freedom uh to to just go out there was a wood right by uh uh, some wood uh woods where i grew up and i would go in there and try to like build a cabin every now and then uh, or I could go down to the uh, to the coast and try to catch like hermit crabs. And, you were close uh, to the coast. Uh, yeah. Uh, so okay. uh, yeah, I would would go down there. I would would go swimming. Uh, try to avoid uh, some of the, the jellyfish mm. uh, there that can really sting you. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it was great. I could catch uh, shrimps with my hand and release mm. them out. And uh, and then we would also get up and through the mountains a lot uh, mm. and uh, hike. You know, pretty much all day, mm. uh, and you can pick fresh blueberries up in the mountain. Uh, so great. that's a really great part of growing up. And then also skiing during the winter. Yeah, 
basically there's almost like a, a Norwegian image that like once you're born, you know, you don't wear anything except she, uh, skis. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of born with skis. Yeah. And so it's just a part of the culture. And, uh, you know, even when you're maybe uh, only a few months old, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take, take our kids out, uh, in like a backpack or in some kind of thing that, that you can yeah. kind of pull like a sled uh, and just wrap up very, very nicely in warm, warm clothes. Uh, and then you just head into the, the mountains on yeah. Norway always dominates in Olympic games with skiing and skating and a lot of those winter sports. Yeah. Uh, we, we've done pretty well with, with that. Uh, we do kind of the opposite with summer Olympics. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> but if we can have one. Yeah. Well, did you have, uh, brothers and sisters? Yes. Uh, I have, uh, uh, an older brother and then, uh, an older sister and younger sister. Uh, actually both my, my older siblings have been in the U S uh, as exchange students. Okay. But they, they went back and I, I ended up staying. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get yeah. to that in a minute. Um, what, what was it like in your school? Did you go, did you attend a public school or a yeah, I, school? I went to a public school. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that like? Uh, well, I wasn't, uh, personally a big fan of school, oh. uh, in, in the early days. Uh, but, uh, the further I went, uh, the mm-hmm. more I enjoyed it. Uh, and, uh, um, uh, but, but thinking about it, it, it was really good. Uh, we have these, uh, usually windows mm-hmm. along the classroom so you could look out, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, good teachers. Um, how many kids would be in a regular classroom at the time? Uh, I'd say about, uh, between 20 and 25. You know, just last week I had an opportunity to go visit the elementary school that I attended many years ago and we had 35 students at the time in a class i went to my old second grade class looking at it now i I can't believe we fit that many people in that class but we did and they they have half of that now it still seems crowded yeah yeah for sure it's a hard job to keep track of wow that many kids yeah yeah did did um did you play soccer too as a kid and Uh, i i did play a uh, soccer that's kind of the, the the sport that everyone plays uh and you can barely get through your childhood without playing yeah. on a team is soccer bigger than skiing in norway or are they you know? uh i say it's more uh popular in uh in the in terms of everyone does it uh, mm-hmm. skiing uh it's something that most people do uh but it we do it rec- recreationally mm-hmm. uh and not comp- competitively mm-hmm. uh so we we all compete in soccer, but a uh, few of us compete in uh, in skiing. Mm-hmm. There are uh, any other sport is kind of uh, a niche. Yeah. So I did ping pong okay. at some point and, and kickboxing even. Really? Uh, and enjoy those. What about basketball? You're pretty tough. Uh, I played basketball with a friend, uh, but I don't think there was a team when I grew up. Actually. Okay. I might have considered that if I... In high school, did you have organized sports teams and like in the United States where you football, soccer team would play against another school's team or not? Uh, not so much. Uh, oh, well, well, actually, no, we did. Uh, and I did play on, on the soccer team. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, as big of a deal uh, there. Uh, usually you'll have like three or four people watching. Yeah. Uh, and it's just uh, you show up in any kind of weather. Oh. It's raining or snowing uh, and you just uh, play it and uh, but there's not that much prestige, uh, prestige okay. around it. 
Um, you said you, a couple of your siblings came to the United States as exchange students. Was that in high school? Uh, for my, my older sister, yes. Uh, and then uh, my, my brother, yeah, he, uh, he was working uh, on a PhD in physics and actually spent uh, a couple of months at Berkeley. Oh. And then when, when you were in high school, when you were a teenager, did you think about coming to the United States? Did you have, what was your image of the United States? Yeah, I, I didn't have any plans of, of coming here, even though I had really a, a high opinion of the U.S. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, you know, getting a Coca-Cola yo-yo and uh, in you know, Keller Corn Flakes, there would be like Space Jam stuff. And I, I would watch all the you know American movies like okay. Home Alone and I would watch Full House. So I, a lot of uh, good yeah. you know, quality things that I, I really enjoyed in my childhood. But I never had the Never thought that that I would end up here. And sometimes now, when I'm driving around, it's just yeah, I think back at my my old self, and like it's so weird, you know, to not be in a completely different place. Did you travel around other countries in Europe when you were before you came here as a young adult? Or yeah, uh, uh, yeah, in Europe, uh, uh, I've gone a couple of places, uh, uh, like uh, Latvia and uh, and England, um, uh, and then also to to other places like uh, Turkey uh, and uh, oh. Uh, create so interesting yeah okay now um obviously you did come to the united states and let's talk about how that cap happened you after you finished high school you went to university i guess and then let's talk about how that sure actually led you coming here yeah uh after uh, after high school i went to a seminary uh and i got a first uh, a bachelor uh there uh and then i was also working on on a different uh uh, bachelor uh, in, in philosophy, and then I uh, uh, was going to start my master's, and uh, uh, I learned through through my church uh, that I had like a supplemental training program uh, that had a connection with with St. Louis, mm. uh, and so that it opened up a possibility for me to to do part of my master's uh, in in the U.S. Okay, so I did did actually travel for a few days the year before uh, to visit uh, a couple of places. Uh, and then I I ended up at uh, Concordia here in uh, in St. Louis. Okay. And then were you planning to become a pastor? Uh, yeah, that. And uh, I also wanted to teach uh, at a university. Okay. So you what 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 year did you come here the first time then? So that was in uh, 2012. Okay. That's when I did my my year of for my master. And was were you confident with your English at that time? Uh, I could uh, talk uh, pr- fairly well, but uh, you know, kind of coming into uh, mm-hmm. to the country, you know, people are speaking very quickly. Yeah, there are a lot of references or uh, kinds of phrases that I, you know I didn't know. So I kind of like you have to uh, be on hyper alert. Oh yeah, uh, constantly. Yeah, yeah. At least it kind of stressful. Yeah, but, but you, uh, you, I guess you had people from the seminary kind of helping you get settled. Yeah, for sure. They were very welcoming, uh, would show me around and, and help me with anything that I, I needed. Did you live like on campus? Or? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. And there was a Schnucks in walking distance, so you know, I could uh, okay. get what I needed. What were some of the challenges you faced then in those early days, if you can remember? Yeah, sure. Besides uh, language. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the first couple of months is kind of like a tourist phase. Yeah. Where uh, you know everything is exciting, everything new. Uh, I'm excited about everything. Everyone is excited about me. Yeah. And then, like three or four months in, it's kind of like your everyday life hits. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember mostly the things that I had to make decisions about. 
uh, kind of sticking out. Like even just doing laundry uh, in Norway uh, on our uh, laundry machine, like it's it will tell you the degrees in Celsius. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Whereas here it's you know warm or cold, uh, and it's like simple things like that that can yeah. like uh, just kind of trip you up a little bit. You yeah. have to figure something out. Uh, or like in Norway, we don't have HVAC systems. Uh, and that just kind of stuck out to me as this is so odd to have this you know, vent here, but it, it makes total sense here. Uh, well, I probably you didn't even need air conditioning there, right? Or did you? In uh, Norway, in Norway, no. What what month did you arrive in the United States? You did, did uh, in summer. August. Oh, yeah. what's well, the worst time? It's the but the thing is that Norwegians love the sun uh, and the, the yeah, but not the humidity probably. No, but even uh, kind of coming from there, I'm like, oh, this this feels nice, uh, even with the humidity. Humidity. Now I feel like that. No, uh, no, no. But I, I would actually kind of, uh, I don't know if something happens to your nervous system, but like having cold air blown at me in the beginning was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, so. But now I'm like, oh, this is yeah, yeah. relaxing. After you've been here yeah. for a couple of years, did you feel welcome in the United States? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that is, uh, uh, people here are so welcoming uh, and friendly. That's been my experience throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, there was never a, a problem with that. Did, um, when you meet Americans, do they, I mean, you have, you speak English with, perfectly. I mean, there's a very slight accent, but do, do people ask you where you're from sometimes? Uh, Sometimes, or or if it comes up in the conversation, uh, they'll be like, yeah, I thought I heard something, uh, there. And then what, I'm curious, what, what do they ask or what do they, what do they know about Norway and what do they want, want to know about Norway from you? Well, usually they, they know about, uh. Kumkaka uh, and oh, yeah. Utefisk. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and uh, well, actually, the one of the first days that I came to uh, to the U.S., uh, I, I spoke with someone and he learned that, that I was from Norway, and he uh, showed me his phone, and he had a background picture of uh, this monument with our three large swords into the rock, mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're like 30, 40 feet tall, uh, and it's a monument from Harold. Uh, Hair, hair. Oh, uh, and I, I was like, that is like a ten minute walk from where I grew up. Really, uh, I was so surreal to see that. How did he happen to have that? Had well, he been there? Uh, I think he had some Norwegian roots, uh, mm-hmm. and then he thought it was funny because it said uh, the, the caption was uh, "Norway, a country so fierce that we stabbed the ground." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you're not a pastor now, so let's talk about how you're education and occupation sort of took shape and changed changed a little bit sure uh so when i came uh so I, after finishing my master i had to go back to norway for a year uh well, to finish everything up uh and then i had met the woman who's, who's now my wife so we had a year of distance and then i came back for uh, us to get married uh and that year after getting married uh, it took about a year to get my green card uh, and um during that year, I couldn't uh, like study or, or work. Oh. Uh, so I uh, started just thinking about what are some fun things that I, I would like to do uh, that I otherwise don't know. Uh, and coding was, was one of the big ones, and robotics. Mm. Uh, and I started to learn how to code just by myself. And that turned into a, uh, a job uh, eventually, and, and now a career. Okay, so you were just doing that to fill your time, but then it turned out you liked it, and yeah. you decided not to go into the... In the religious order, yeah, and I, I actually started a, a PhD uh, uh, at the seminary again, uh, and uh, this was kind of developing 
uh, at the same time. And I ended up having a full-time job while also working on the PhD. And I did all, all my coursework. At that point, uh, I could decide to, to get a degree that's kind of between a master's and a PhD or, or write the thesis. And then I decided that my life has been taking such a different course uh, now. And, and now I do software engineering mm, full-time. That's quite a change. All right. We need to take one more break here, so let's. Uh, we'll come back and pick up this story in a minute. You're listening to Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL 101.9, 94.1. Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Stories of New Americans Brought to you in part by Samim Afghan Restaurant Featuring traditional Afghan cuisine And conveniently located on Manchester Road in the Grove Stories of New Americans Brought to you by Hacking Law For individuals who want to come and stay in the U.S. Hacking Law fights for immigrants every day Visit them at hackingimmigrationlaw.com this is Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking with Andreas Berkedal of Norway and... Um, you were just talking about how you came to study in the seminary and then you wound up getting married and working in a different field. And what's, how is your life now? What's, what's, tell us about what your life yeah. is. Uh, sure. Uh, so we have uh, two boys and a third one on the way uh, oh. about a month. Uh, so three boys. Uh, that keeps me pretty busy. Uh, and, uh, uh, and then I work as a software engineer now. So between, uh, my job and uh, and uh, and my family. Uh, there's a few house projects and a little bit of tinkering with electronics here and there. Uh, that pretty much fills my time. Are you teaching your boys Norwegian? Uh, I try to speak a little bit with them, uh, but it, it's been hard uh, to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do hope to bring them more to Norway, uh, where because uh, the the immersion really helps yeah. uh, with uh, with getting the language. The only problem is that uh, people in Norway uh, are usually excited to speak English oh. uh, to you, uh, so yeah. uh, it can be hard to yeah. uh, get that experience. Yeah. What are some of the differences between Norway and the United States, like cult- I guess cultural differences that you've noticed? Yeah, so uh, Norway is a very homogenous uh, people, I'd say, meaning that we mostly wear the same clothes, have the same education. Uh, we watch sh- similar shows and have similar values with, you know, hiking and walking, uh, and we all love being in the sun. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and so it's very, very shared. We mostly have the same you know, economy. So it's kind of like just one. Now I, I say kind of upper middle class and not much on the bottom or on the top. It's kind of, it's very even. Um, yeah. I, what did I see? Like Norway is like the fourth, has the fourth highest, um, Income level? Did I see that? Somewhere? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, 
And it's because of the uh, sort of oil adventure mm. uh, that happened, uh, I think, starting in the 60s, uh, where oil was discovered out in the North Sea. Mm. So uh, they uh, would, I, I would see uh, as a kid growing up, like big oil rigs mm. being pulled into the fjord. Uh, and then uh, now you can see oil uh, tankers going very steadily out from from Stoinger. Um But that's a, a big part of uh, of uh, the income level. Yeah. So it's changed even in my time. Yeah. Uh, I, it's still changing. Yeah. A lot of people that come from Europe tell me that they, they miss seeing people walking on the streets and mm-hmm. hear people seem to drive everywhere. Is that, was that true in Norway too? People walk around more? Yeah. A lot of walking. Uh, it's kind of built in to, to just your everyday life. And I, I would walk to, to school, uh, whether it was, you know, snow or ice or whatever, I, I would go, uh, same to soccer practice, uh, and, um, and then we also seek out walking uh, mm-hmm. with, with hiking and, and not skiing. Yeah. It's just like a very uh, strong part of the culture. There's even a, a law kind of giving people right sort of to trespass. Like if, if I need to go go through your farm or something, mm-hmm. uh, I'm allowed to do that as long as I close the gate behind me uh, and don't let out the animals, uh, which might be a strange thing for Americans. Uh, I think that's where... true in parts of England too. Okay. Yeah. In the countryside. And it, it does open up a lot of freedom because yeah. you don't have to walk around yeah. everything or yeah. get where you need to be. Do you do you feel more American now? Do you still feel Norwegian? Do you feel like this is home? Uh, I do feel that this is home. Uh, I do feel pretty home in both places. Okay. Uh, and there there is almost like a you know, phase. There's a tourist, a tourist phase and then kind of like a reaction phase. Honeymoon where, phase. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that reaction where you see that Things that you thought just were, were reality yeah. start kind of opening up, and you see that yeah. things that I thought was just real were optional, and it's like different uh, different values, different ways of doing things yeah. uh, that can go go much deeper than the surface. Right? Um, do you um, you have family back home still? So, do, right? I guess yes. your parents are there. Do you go back to visit periodically? Yeah, uh, I tried to do uh, once a year, uh, except for for under COVID, um, and. Uh, it will be harder now with more kids, but yeah. uh, uh, we did take the kids back last summer. Has Norway changed since you've been here? Do you notice uh, you go back? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I'd say um, every time I go back, there are more more buildings, mm. uh, different uh, kind of network of roads. Uh, so there's a lot of activity uh, and a lot of electric vehicles uh, because that's been really, uh, the Norwegian government has been really uh promoting that uh-huh. uh, with uh, tax uh, kind of subsidizing and uh, and also some benefits in traffic where you can uh, travel where the bus would go uh, if it's so sometimes you can get past the line. Um, Are there aspects of Norwegian life that you kind of keep here in your daily life? You probably, I can imagine you probably have American parts and Norwegian parts in your daily life. Yeah, uh, so I do try to to get walking in. Uh, it is much harder uh, here. Uh, it, it is truly a cultural thing, and every culture has to kind of fine tune for for their situation. Uh, and so when I'm here, I, I walk much less, uh, just because it's you know things are farther apart. Yeah, uh, it's uh, especially in St. Louis, it's much more flat. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, that's one of the things that I try to do, and then get some sun exposure. Uh, 
I still still like that, uh, just not during the middle of the day. No. Uh, um, and then I celebrate 17th of May and invite American friends. Is that Independence Day? Yeah. Yes. That's when we got our, our constitution. Okay. And how do, how would you normally celebrate that? Is there certain foods that you would eat that day? Or? Uh, yes. Uh, certain foods uh, uh, or desserts. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Invite me next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have you. Uh, and uh, usually in Norway, we would have uh, like these marches of music bands and different you know class like a school yeah. uh, classes would would march and wave you know flags and also you walk up to the, the castle and the yeah. king is out waving uh in my hometown we would end up uh actually in the military camp where all the soldiers had made these fun games for us really uh where we could do the games and we would get a, a small chocolate bar at the end uh nice is there a large norwegian community in st louis uh not much uh, uh very few uh, there is a, a small society, uh, that I've gotten to meet. And actually one of the older gentlemen there, uh, went to class with someone that I knew in Norway. Uh, hmm. not, not so many, uh, Norwegians in, in St. Louis, but in the U S as a whole, there are more Norwegians than, yeah. than there are in, in Norway. Actually. Is that right? Yeah. Really? I know Minnesota has a lot of Norwegians and I, I think I told you that when I was growing up, the family across the street from me was Norwegian. They, I mean, they were from St. Paul, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, but they're, I guess they were second generation Norwegian. And they used to eat these, yeah. Ludafisk, Lefse, and Krumkaka. Yes. And I, tell, I mean, when they, I, when they told I, me what Ludafisk was, I couldn't believe it. So yeah. tell, what is Ludafisk? Uh, well, so it's a fish that has been treated uh, in a way so you can't really eat it anymore until you uh, it's been so dried out and salted that it's hard as a rock. Uh, and it was done to preserve the fish because when fishermen came back with a huge you know, catch of, of fish, they needed a way to preserve it. That's what they did. And uh, usually you would, you would spend a couple of days to like hydrate it again and probably put some butter on to give it a flavor. I, I don't think I've, I've ever had lutefisk, actually. It's not considered a delicacy. Well, they told me that they it was dried, and then they would soak it in lye mm. to rehydrate it. Yep. Is that true? Uh, I think that's true, yeah. Uh, I, I've never done it, uh, but, okay. but I've heard that before. Uh, but it's it's yeah, not one of the meals. i try it, but yeah. they said it's a tradition. And then talk about lefse and krumkaka. Those are the other holiday dishes. Yeah. I uh, like those. Yeah. Uh, krumkaka is like a cone-shaped uh, kind of cookie. That you could fill with cream or, or jam. Uh, that's uh, really, really tasty, and we'd have that at Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, and lefsa is uh, uh, pretty good. It can be different, different kinds. Uh, usually, the kind of dessert variation is that you have uh, two layers of lefsa, and in between them, you have like butter with sugar. And it's basically made from potatoes, right? Uh, yes. Uh, it, it, well, it's, there, there is the potato lefsa, which is uh, a little bit more kind of coarse. Uh, and then you could I uh, can make the dessert one more from uh, from from wheat, mm. uh, so that's a little bit more pleasant to, to eat. Yeah. The other thing that family taught me was a Norwegian word "wufta." Yes, and they told me that was an all-purpose word that has many meanings. Can you t- talk uh, about what that word? Yeah, it it can pretty much fit any situation. Uh, the most common one would be if if something went wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like uh, you know, oh shoot, or mm-hmm. you know. Something that's not not a, you know, offensive or anything, yeah. but it, it's uh, 
uh, a way also to empathize with someone who might, you know, uh, got in a bad spot or something. Uh-huh. Say, or you, or you hurt yourself. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, I, m- I mentioned that we um, have a lot of Norwegian Americans living in, mostly in Minnesota, but they're all over the country too. And I think they came, I read somewhere that like a million came as immigrants in the 19th century mostly. Yes. Uh, yeah. End of uh, 1800s. Yeah. And beginning of, yeah, uh, 1900s. Yeah. It was a huge, uh, yeah amount of the population that went to the U.S. Would that have been because, like, Irish people came here because of poverty and the potato famine? Was there a reason why Norwegians came? That was part of it, uh, and that uh, I think it was reaching a point of overpopulation oh. uh, with some of the farms because Norway doesn't have a lot of farmland. Uh, there's a lot of rugged mountains, yeah, uh, and so sometimes you can see like a small patch of uh, you know land that you can grow something. And then it could go miles until the the next one, mm. uh, and so uh, the the dream of uh, America and the o- wide open field yeah. uh, that uh, sparked, I think, a lot of adventure for people and a lot of possibilities and hope for the future, uh, as well as there was some uh, religious freedom too, even though in in the Constitution, uh, you know, it's kind of spelled out. Uh, well, it's spelled out that it's country is going to be Lutheran, but it's more. Would be more free. There, there wasn't enough, uh, really, freedom for at least mm-hmm. kind of lay people uh, to congregate uh, and uh, and speak freely. Uh, and so, there was a, actually a large amount of uh, Quakers uh, in Norway, kind of imported from from England, uh, and pretty much all of them uh, left uh, mm. to, to the U.S. So Norway is today predominantly Lutheran. Yes. Are there Catholics still there too? Uh, I. I say those are mostly coming from other countries uh, like Poland or the Philippines. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that too. You because Norway is receiving immigrants now from other countries. Yes, I re, is it refugees mostly or other EU I, countries? I think, or? I think mostly refugees. Okay, uh, I think they got a lot from Ukraine. Uh, Interesting. Uh, in the beginning, yeah. uh, and then a few years back, there was also a lot of uh, immigration into to Europe and. Uh, like from Syria and Afghanistan, yes. Norway received people from those countries. Yes. How has that been? How has that gone? Uh, from what I've he- heard, uh, there are a lot of challenges with it. Uh, you know, uh, Norway is a very homogenous culture, uh, and so uh, you know, uh, it uh, it's difficult when when you don't have shared values uh, when a society is kind of built around those mm-hmm. shared values. Uh, but but I think it's uh, it's gone gone pretty well uh that and uh i think norwegians are very happy to help uh and to work out some of those uh those problems um how many ukrainians have come oh uh i i really don't know uh should look look that, that up though but i do remember uh when i was there uh summer that there were every newspaper kind of had some information about uh, everything going on um, what what's the best and the worst thing about living in the United States for you? Uh, I'd say uh, the best thing is the people. Uh, I really like to- I like talking with Americans. Uh, I think uh, it's very easy to have a conversation. Hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, in Norway, uh, people are are very nice, uh, but tend to be a little bit more uh, kind of private or reserved. Uh, where Americans are very kind of open and uh, so 
I, I think that that's my favorite among a, a lot of other things that I, I really like here. Okay. Is there anything that's bad or challenging, uh, or difficult? There, there are things where where there's both a positive side and a negative side. Uh, one of the things that struck me in the beginning when I came here is like going to just buy groceries, uh, and you have like many different versions of a salami or something, uh, and figure out okay, I want that one. Whereas in Norway, there might be like two really? different options, and so. If, Grocery shopping in Norway is like you 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 get in and you get out and uh, you and the, get exactly probably what you want. I imagine that they don't have huge su- supermarkets like we do here they're more small I guess yeah usually they're they're smaller there are some that that are are fairly big but those are far and few between do you have outdoor farmers markets in towns too uh yes uh, uh in Stavanger where where I'm from uh they they will have sometimes uh down in the uh, in the center mm-hmm. okay. Um, we're, I'm getting the high sign that we're coming to the end of this, but is there any, any like final thought you have, anything you would like to say to our listeners about something you've noticed about America that maybe we don't notice about ourselves or just words of wisdom that you'd like to share? Well, uh, one, one thing in Norway, uh, shares a special bond with, with the U S uh, partly with our constitution, uh, because that happened in 1814 yeah. after the independence of the U S and I think we took some inspiration that because our first article is uh, uh, that we're a free, independent, uh, indivisible country. Okay. Uh, and I think if I could say one thing is kind of you know, be proud uh, of your your history uh, and and who you are, uh, and stay true to some of those principles like like free speech, uh, uh, which uh, I think is so important. And and that was one of the things that you know was hard to kind of uh, justify in Norway, like free speech and meeting together in large large groups. Mm. That was part of what drove people to the U.S. Really? It's uh, very attractive to uh, to me to have a, like a, a strong U.S. That, that believes in its uh, fundamental values and that stay true to, to that. Well, that's that's a great way to end this. That that's I agree. Words to live by. All right. Well, Andreas, thank you so much for coming. It was really interesting hearing the story. I appreciate your time. Um. Enjoy the summer. I know you like yeah. sun, so you're going to be reading some. Yeah, I'm going to adjust it a little bit now. Yeah. Okay. All right, you've been listening to Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL 101.9, 94.1. Thank you for listening. Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Mm-hmm.